Welcome everyone to the weekly discussion podcast. Happy Christmas Eve. Yes. Well, it's Christmas Eve for us. Right. You'll be hearing this after Christmas or on Christmas or after Christmas. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So if we're talking to faithful Monday listeners here, then we can say Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. yeah so exciting. Yeah. And if not, then you're hearing it after Christmas. So hope you had a great Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But it'll still be the Christmas season. Yes. Hopefully when you hear this. Which will have just begun. Exactly. Actually. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. I was I was writing the message for the 31st. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, it, which, th- so this kind of a, this whole advent, the end of advent for us is really weird in terms of the calendar. Yes. Because, so, you know, advent is, I mean, I know, you know, but for those of you who are listening, advent is the four Sundays before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, the fourth Sunday, uh, of advent this year happens to be December 24th. Right. So it is both the last Sunday of Advent and Christmas Eve, which is the very last day of Advent. Right. Yes. It's very rare for that to happen, of course. And so it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun, but it is a little bit like in our liturgical church year minds. It's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. So there's a couple of oddity things that are kind of fun to think about from our perspective that maybe you've thought about or or maybe you haven't. Well, for us, we made the decision at Crossview not to have a morning service, our normal Sunday morning service. On Christmas Eve. On Christmas yeah. Eve. So uh, so this morning, uh, which today is Sunday, so I know it feels a little weird because you, you, we're recording this on Christmas Eve. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so today is Sunday, December 24th, Christmas Eve. And I don't know what it, for us, it's it's 1.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. We did not have a Christmas morning service. We have two Christmas Eve services coming up here in a couple of hours. Uh, so at three o'clock and five o'clock. So we're really looking forward to that. But it feels weird to us because it's an Advent Sunday and we didn't have a, a Christmas morning service. Yeah, that's very strange. That's yeah. very, very strange because we have a very, um, we, we have a lot of traditions around Advent on yeah. Sunday mornings. And so odd to odd to do that. Also odd that it's like one thirty and we're here we are because this is normally like when I go home. On I Sunday, know, right? So. Yeah, totally. The other thing that's going to kind of be odd, which you might not, you probably won't even think about, but because we didn't have a morning service this morning, and we're going to be moving into our Advent, our Christmas Eve services. Mm-hmm. So we have, most churches do this. We have Advent candles. And typically we light one candle each Sunday before uh, before Christmas Eve. Right. That way when you come in, whether you relight them on your Christmas Eve service or they're all lit, the very last one that we typically light is the fifth candle, which is the Christ candle. It's the big white candle. So... Uh, because we've only had three Sunday services in Advent, when you come in to Crossview uh, this this evening, the fourth one is just going to be lit. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's... We would normally talk about it. That's a... <laughs> as a, as a as a Sunday theme, right? Like love is typically the last love. the yeah. last theme, yeah. but we won't. This is our version of Christmas magic. Yeah, <laughs> the fourth candle is just lit. Just it's boom, amazing, lit, yeah. amazing. <laughs> because. I guess if we were to follow this tradition very strictly, we, we would light the Christ candle on Christmas Day. But since we are all together on Christmas Eve, we do it as a church then. And yeah. so, yeah, we get to have all the candles yes. today. Which then the next odd thing, which is, I don't know, this is kind of fun for me to talk about because typically most people don't think about these kind of things. We have to organize around these, so it's kind of fun. Uh, the The actual Christmas service is supposed to be the Sunday after Christmas Day. Yes. Which for the for our for the calendar this year is December thirty first, right? New Year's Eve, right? That w- I'm just going to say for me, it feels weird to have a Christmas service 
celebrating Christmas. Yeah. On the day before the New on Year. On New Year's Eve. Yeah. yeah. It's like as far away as it can get. It's our it's our our Christian calendar and our cultural calendar colliding. Yeah. And we're used to that. That yeah. ha- that happens a lot in November, December, January uh, yeah. for us. But it, it this year is a little bit different. Yes. It does hit a little differently. So we're still going to do a Christmas focus on the 31st. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, let it, and let celebrate. it last as long as we can. Exactly. I mean, the Christmas season lasts even past that uh, into the new year. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, so this sun, so we're kind of focused here in a couple of hours on our Christmas Eve service services. And we're really excited about that. We're the theme we're leaning into for this and what we kind of want to talk about is so there's we, we, we're focusing on Luke two the passage the the story of Jesus' birth in Luke two and um there's two words in this passage that kind of talk about when Jesus was born which are kind of uh, cool to think about uh, when you think about a larger theme in scripture so in Luke two uh, this is when the angels come to announce to the shepherds that Jesus has been born, and the only two words that refer to when are starting in verse 8, where it says, that night there were shepherds staying in the field nearby. And so that kind of got me thinking about one of the kind of a typical normal theme for the Advent Christmas season, Yeah, but it's just kind of striking when when you think about it, at least in this passage, when it is that Jesus arrives at night, mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and the major theme is light. Jesus is the light of the world, and it is in the darkest uh, of the night when things seem hopeless. Yes, that's when Jesus shows up. Yes, it's it is really cool that that this passage specifies that. It's such a specific detail. We don't often get a lot of really specific details right. like that in in scriptural stories, and I just imagine that uh, that night with the shepherds out in their fields. I mean, they're in the fields, right? So they're outside of the city. They're with their sheep. And we're talking about uh, a a time in history when there's absolutely no artificial light and how dark it must have been. Yeah. Uh, What they may have had a campfire, maybe, uh, depending on what time of night it was, I suppose. And that's it. I mean, how dark. They were, they were, living in complete darkness yeah. in that moment. Yeah. yeah, that's really it's really fun to think about that. We you might not think about that because there's for us there's lights everywhere. There's always street light. light. Most of it's has fake. Light. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it fake. <laughs> and have you ever been in like a, a field or some place where there is no artificial light? Yeah, yes, I have and and it's yes, it's just so dark. And you can't see your hand in front of your face. Uh, you might be able to see some stars twinkling, which is very, very cool. But no, uh, you can't see anything around you. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, it's and and you can't see any, and the stars yes. uh, that you can see are just it's just crazy. Yes, like uh, yes, and amazing to think that oh, those stars are always there and they're always shining, and I just don't have the ability to see them. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. Uh, so that's kind of a cool thing to think about that it, those shepherds were just in complete darkness. And yeah. so I wonder. I often wonder what it would have been like when the angel appeared, the one angel, let alone in a few verses later when it talks about the host of angels. Yes, uh, joining in with that first angel. Uh, 
singing and praising the Lord. Like the angels couldn't cool. contain themselves. Yeah. Like they usually show up to people one, maybe two at a time. And they always start with, don't be afraid. It's yeah, just okay, because right. I know this is weird. I know this is going to scare you because here I am, heavenly beings suddenly appearing to you. It seems like they take some some caution and they're they're careful and they're sensitive to the the people's experience. But this time they just couldn't even contain themselves. Yeah. This multitude of angels right. shows up. Uh because the news was just that good. Yeah. That's yeah. just incredible to think about. So not only are the shepherds kind of in the midst of the dark of the night, but culturally, it's a very dark time as well. Yes. Uh, so the nation of Israel is, you know, uh, essentially uh, uh, oppressed under the Roman rule, the mm-hmm. Roman government. Um, we've talked before in, in weeks and in series past about this kind of unique relationship that the Jewish people had with the Romans and and how all that worked and that there was this kind of layer of of middlemen, the Pharisees and Sadducees that tried to kind of both help organize the governmental logistics, but also the logistic the religious logistics of yeah. all of that. And uh, <laughs> but all that to say, it was another it was another cultural time for at least God's people that just seemed like it did not have a lot of hope. Yeah, absolutely. That's the reason Mary. And Joseph had traveled to Bethlehem in the first place, right? Is because the Roman government had said, we want to make sure we're taxing people as much as we can, so we need a good count. So go to your your hometown, your ancestral town to be counted. No census online. They didn't even send a representative door-to-door to count right. people. They were like, you can do the work. You go. You yeah. all go back to your hometown. And so that's why they were traveling at all, is, is in um, compliance with this oppressive uh, government. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the, then the other kind of thing that we know throughout Scripture, which is really good to recognize, but this is true, so it's true for us as well. I think a lot of these same themes of darkness are true for us. The, I mean, actually, you know, darkness is a is a constant thing, that's a, symboli- a symbolism that's used in Scripture in a number of different ways that's really easy for us to relate with because <laughs> we can understand it really easily. Right. yeah. And not only can we understand it, we recognize it. Uh, we, we know what it feels like. We can see it in our world. Um, so, you know, there's this, there's this very strong kind of connection with both the symbolism of darkness in scripture. And one of those, another one of those is the idea of sin Mm -hmm. that starts at the beginning and is, you know, runs through the whole thing. And so that that needs to be addressed, not just in God's people, but in all of humanity as well. Yes. That that is what is blanketing the world in darkness. Yeah. is, Is sin. Yeah, I think of the of all that uh, you, you mentioned the symbolism of darkness, and I think of all that that contains, uh, both symbolically and even just just practically, literally of of this sense of um, there's fear in darkness. Yeah, you, know, you can't see anything. You're that's that that can make people very fearful, and yeah. there's a sense of hopelessness in darkness, and uh, there's a, a sense that something something bad is happening or could happen, and there's just nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Uh, that we're helpless and hopeless in that. I think of the shepherds and their position in society and how with all that was happening in their world with the oppression of the Roman government and even their status among their own people, how helpless they were yeah. uh, and powerless um, to to change their circumstances at all. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as we look back to kind of maybe the first few weeks of Advent, uh, we read this passage uh, but we all we know we know this scripture very well because we typically hear this scripture in Advent. But this is looking back to Isaiah, one of the Old Testament prophets, 
and in chapter nine. So with all of this in mind about the way the darkness of the world, um, the I mean the darkness of the night, the darkness of, of where God's people are in the at this point, the the darkness that you so well uh, described now about the 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 sin and evil of our of our world. Um, he writes in the midst of another dark time in the Old Testament. He writes. Uh, in his Isaiah 9, verses 2 through 3, he says, the people who walk in darkness, at this point, that's everybody, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And he goes on to talk about what that will be like. But just fantastic. You're like, whoa, Isaiah, okay. I mean, these are words that are that are written on the heart and mind of generations of people. Yes in the midst of struggle and hardship. And it's finally come to the to the climax of the story here in the person of Jesus. I mean, heaven has literally opened up and angels are singing uh, about the light that's entering into this very dark moment. And so, you know, what's really fantastic is dark, the symbolism of darkness in Scripture usually is around two different ideas. Number one, kind of um, um, uh ignorance or not knowing like mm-hmm. we didn't know we were in the dark right uh, and then all, it also represents you know the evil sin uh of the world and and all of that jesus coming at night solves both of those things yes. <laughs> it's so great oh our eyes have been opened we now see a whole new thing yes uh, and then the invitation for that light to, to do its work to dispel the darkness of our life that's the invitation that comes along with the knowing. So you have truth and salvation. In one person. In one person. Yes, in one birth, at one moment. Yes, that's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, I mean, that's that's who Jesus is. That's what we find in Christ. And so it's amazing. So the the theme of light just continues all throughout Scripture. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's often used in the New Testament as well. Uh, to talk about Jesus and the connections that the idea of light and Jesus that were in the Old Testament, we see those as threads that continue on through into the New Testament. For example, um, a couple of the more well-knowns in the New Te- uh, no, more well-known connections in the New Testament come from the Book of John, mm-hmm. John chapter one, verse one through five says, uh, "In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word, this is all in reference to Jesus, the Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. Mm. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Oh, Ooh, so good. So good. There's so much in there. Darkness can't extinguish light. Right. Light can extinguish darkness, and that's it. There's just no way. Darkness itself is nothing uh, in the in the in the presence of light. Yes, it's just the that, absence of light. That's just that's just so powerful to think about. Yes, uh, and we think about G- that is the case in Jesus on all levels. Yes. Oh my word, that's just amazing. I think of the very first words that God spoke as uh, recorded in Scripture: "Let there be light." Woo. And that that is, and to hear now this this opening passage in the book of John that talks about the Word, which is Jesus, as uh, as the one who brought light to all that had been created. That's the very first, the very first um, spoken words yeah. of God over uh, His creation is, "Let there be light." And then it was in the the fallenness and the brokenness when sin entered the world that that light was hidden. 
never extinguished mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because Jesus has always uh, existed. Mm-hmm. The word has always existed, but um, but hidden. Mm-hmm. And now revealed. And now revealed. In Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a few verses later in John chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, the one who is the true light, again referring to Jesus, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could go on about this powerful connection of Jesus and the light um, and and talk about this. In fact, there's this kind of, I, I want to talk just briefly as we end our time on this podcast, Pastor Holly, a little bit about how it is that we can be light in the world. Uh, light draws people to itself. And I'll give you a fun kind of story. I can't, I don't know if I've told you or told this story before, so please forgive me if I have. When I was a youth pastor, we did a whole, we call it the light or the night of light. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so the whole, the whole night in the, in youth group was built around doing things with light. So I had the, all the lights off in the church. So when the students came in, Everything was dark. I had like little lights to kind of like down the hallway, down the stairs to yes, guide people. Not tripping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then when they came into the youth room, I had on the projector the night of light. So obviously they could see those words. There right. was light from the projector in that way. But we did all these kinds of fun, fun activities uh, using light. My favorite um, was uh, what, what we ended up doing was I had a flashlight and I had our three, like three flashlights. I had taken, uh, had taken the the flashlights apart um, and and put them in all, all, in different places in three different kind of groups or three different rooms, right? So what the students were supposed to do is we broke them into three different teams. They had to, with all the lights completely out, they had to find all the elements of the flashlight and they had to put them together. Oh wow! And then they had to turn them on. Um, there were, uh, I can't, sorry, I'm thinking maybe there weren't, there weren't three different rooms. We had this large room, so we had three different areas, but groups trying to find this. And so what happened, this was fantastic. One of the groups <laughs> found, it took a while cause they're trying to find all these things and yeah. then figure out how to put them together in the dark. But once they did, one group got their flashlight done and they turned it on and you could see everyone in the room. Yes. Everyone just stopped and looked at the light. Mm. And then what happened is everyone started coming toward the light. And so it was like this really cool, oh, it was so great because we used it as like a a lesson, right? What is it that Jesus does for us? Uh, When the light shines in the darkness, you can't help but notice it. And most of the time, it draws people to itself. Yes. Wow. That's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really fun. So I love that. So Pastor Holly, what are some ways that we can just think about um, what does it look like to be lights in our world? How do we how do we live that out in our faith? So many ways, but I think about how um, we we talk about the gospel of Jesus as the good news. That's what the word gospel means. So if you hear that word used in reference to the Bible or in reference to Jesus, it means the good news of Jesus, and that's what that's what this is. This is. Uh, to be able to share with others that Jesus is the light of the world who could draw, who draws us to himself, that is the good news. And so I think the way that we uh, that we reflect that light and the way that we uh, actually radiated ourselves because we have the spirit of Jesus living in us. Yeah. So that light, it's not only a reflection, but it's it's radiating from us as well. I think the way we do that is um, by taking care of, of each other and yes. the world around us and showing that that, that light 
light that we have been given through Jesus is meant for every single person mm. uh, in the world, mm-hmm. every single person. It's not for an elite group. It's not for right. um, any anyone with you know special qualifications or anything like that. It is for absolutely everyone. And um, one of the the greatest privileges I know that that we have here is um, being able to see others come into this realization that there is light yes. and that they can uh, they can see and that yeah. they can be drawn to it and that it's for them as well. We get to see that um, regularly and it is such a joy. Yeah. Um, I think about how you can't uh, you can't, darkness cannot extinguish a light. Light can only extinguish darkness. And so we live our lives in the way of Jesus. And the, and one of the best ways to do that, I'll say two of the best ways to do that, are uh, by spending time uh, in the presence of God, in the yes. presence of Jesus through worship and through prayer, uh, and also um, learning the ways of Jesus and and following his example in that gentle and humble and powerful way that he, uh, that he lives. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am surprised at how just a little bit of light uh, can be surprising to people. Yeah. So what I'm thinking of is even like I've seen just little acts of kindness or compassion. People are like, whoa, what is the deal with that? Yeah. Like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? It's like, oh, there's so much more. Yes. <laughs> you don't know. You know, I want to give it all to you. But like even just teaching my kids to hold hold the door open for people yes. as they come by, then people are like surprised that, the, that someone would do something like that. I mean, that's such a tiny little minuscule kind of thing. But like, you know, I'm try, we try to teach our kids. We do that. Why? Because this person is is loved by God, right. made in God's image worth everything that the you know all the love and compassion that we can and so even just a little kind of a little kindness like that if that reflects a bit of the the love and the light that that we have in us by God's spirit uh reflecting God through us man just yeah yes. go for it <laughs> just yeah anyway just a little bit our, our world can be so dark uh it just it's heartbreaking yeah uh, and so a little bit can go a long way uh, to make people realize there's something different. And we have opportunity for that every single day. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of just uh, a day or two ago, my husband and I were at the store. We're at Fred Meyer. We're in this really long line, like back in the you know grocery aisles, yeah. long lines waiting to get through. And our line happened to take forever because um, a family in line ahead of us uh, had uh, – Overextended their shopping. They they got up to the front. They couldn't pay for everything. Oh. They had to um, they had to 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 put some things back. And that was uh, that was okay. We were, everyone was uh, that that happens sometimes, right? Yeah. But the cashier was so kind and so generous and and kept everything light and happy and mm. uh, and, and just acted and spoke with such uh, honor for this family and. It what that meant was that everyone in line who's trying to get through, who there's some grumblings down yes. the line of it taking so long, and he just sort of ignored the grumblings, and he kept talking in this very pleasant, honoring, kind way, um, and it changed the demeanor of the entire line. That's we did amazing. not then have anybody shouting up at the family, which happens. Yes. You can see that happens sometimes. Nobody, um, nobody acted in that way, and so I think that the that 
light that we can shine even in small ways can impact others by by blessing them mm-hmm. um, as the family was blessed, but then also uh, influencing others to, to remind others that, oh, I, yeah, I can do that too. Yeah. Actually, that's a better way, isn't yeah. it? I can do that too. Yeah, that's right. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. So lots to think about here. And uh, we just encourage you for the rest of this Christmas week and into the new year, uh, just want to encourage you to think about what it what is it like to be people of delight and how can I live that out? Uh, the transformation that we experience in Jesus, the the way that the light, um, you know, just dispels darkness, the darkness of our of our lives is is just unbelievable. So, how is it that you can live as a person of the light, showing people around you that light, reflecting on what Jesus has done for us, uh, and then reflecting Jesus to the world around us? Really good kind of things to think about. Uh, while you take down your Christmas lights off from your house, <laughs> which I have to do. I don't want to. Just keep them up. I'll just, just keep, keep them up. Just turn them off. <laughs> yeah. And then next next year, just click them back in. That'd be Perfect. great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Mm-hmm.